0: Hello, and welcome to I Don't Know The Podcast, episode 17, Tony Topping. Tony Topping is a writer and broadcaster from the north of England, but having a fun alliterative name is not the most interesting thing about him. TT claims he has been visited by aliens since the age of two. His experiences have continued throughout his adult life, on and off. He's now an authority on UFOs, conspiracies, mind control, and being chased by helicopters. But can he be trusted? I don't know. Is his growing paranoia justified? I don't know. So listen on to find out what else I don't know about Tony Topping, Alien Experiencer... Tony Topping is a man from Yorkshire, born into abject poverty to an abusive, violent father. So he was just an ordinary northern person. Or was he? No. Tony is an alien experiencer. He'd been having alien contact since he was two years old. Tony had a terrible childhood. He left school and worked as an office clerk, and he hated it. Because Tony had dreams and aspirations. Tony dreamed of being an actor. So he took himself off to that London, where the streets would be paved with gold, but the aliens and government followed him.
1: It was something not human that was making its presence felt. I also bit my tongue as well. It's been this horrendous pattern. The bloody thing's chasing me.
0: He was interviewed, a number of times, by AMASH. You remember them. The Anomalous Mind Management Adductee Contactee Helpline. They interviewed alien shagger, Simon Parks, who we covered in episode 13. But this is Tony.
1: I mean, you know, at the age of two, I had a first paranormal experience and um, it was like walking, uh, it was like seeing something walk through a wall.
0: This sounds similar to Simon Parks. He was two years old, in Yorkshire, and aliens walked through his walls.
1: Now, I, I specifically remember what that was. Yeah. I don't talk about it, but I know what it was. Yeah. Uh, and now, in all the years ahead, I do realise that it was something not human that right. was making its presence felt, even at that age, with me. Yes, um, and did
0: was the presence, were you aware, even as a little one, that it was... Had an energy to it kindness: This, did, this did not have an
1: energy to it. it didn't have a malevolence to it either. It was just it, yeah, it was just something that happened where what we got probably the theme of the conversation I think I think when I emailed you was all about signal from noise indeed wasn't it indeed. so what, yes, what, what, what this interaction that. was is it's all about signal, and it's all about signals in time, and it's all about the effect of those signals on ourselves as
0: people. OK, signals in time. Like Simon Parks, he remembers something from when he was two years old.
1: So, um, I saw this thing walk through a wall. I can see myself now. I remember crying at my father. And my father going, oh, there's nothing there, don't be silly. I can see him now putting me in my cot.
0: And like Simon, Tony also has a shitty
1: parent. Excuse me.
0: And that must have been it, really... It, it's not
1: easy. It's just not not easy now. And, really and, um, it, it wasn't so a fright but I remember... You know the uh, the situation there, where uh, I'm trying to tell my dad what I've seen, and my father's putting me in the cot and he's saying that there's nothing there. I can see it now, and I I also bit my tongue as well uh, because they had odd teeth. We came from a poor family. We had no money. We even had an outside toilet. Yep, that's Yorkshire, from 1970 until 1981. Well, hey, you know one, what? One of my school had, friends. Oh, exactly, grew but up we, an had, we we, toilet, we, we so, had we 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 had we had a Victorian. I've phrased that wrong. We had an outside toilet, so
2: didn't we all?
1: <laughs> what I meant to say was, we were living in Victorian conditions, we didn't have a, a bathroom, we didn't have heating in the house, uh, we, we were struggling, my father was a baker, uh, uh, and we mm. were very poor.
2: Ah. Well, when I said house, I mean to were only all in ground could we buy a couple of foot of torn canvas, but it were house to us. Oh, well, we were evicted from our old in the ground, we had to go and live in the lake.
1: And uh, as a result of that, I got severely bullied at school uh, because of all that. I I came from a very poor family, and my parents looked poor. And so uh, there there would be... I mean, that has
0: its own difficulties uh, and traumas Uh, as well. It
1: certainly does. And and it it ended up with me being severely bullied and and all
0: that kind of thing.
1: And, were, you know, I've been called everything from a a gypsy to the N-word.
0: The N-word? Tony is white, but I guess that Yorkshire in the 70s had quite a black-lack.
1: And then I was, uh, you know, I had the strange dreams, the constant strange dreams. And did they start
0: from a little one?
1: Yes, they started from about four years of age. These dreams, and they were all about a set theme. They were all about everything that has happened to me. Started in 1970, and I've been tracked since then because it's all about signalling time.
0: I can't remember what I dreamt last night, let alone when I was four.
1: 1973. Right. Would have been uh, would have probably been the time when I had my first paranormal incident. Right. I can't remember anything apart from the fact that I was awoken by strange nightmares and all that constantly as a child. Right. Uh, and this, of course, and I would also be seeing people looking at me when I would, when I when I used to close my eyes or, or awake at night. I'd look up at the ceiling, and there'd be what I would describe as people. That's all you can describe as mm. looking down on you.
0: Not so much a paranormal experience, more like the dreams of a bullied boy with an inferiority complex and, and there, it
1: was it was just such an odd scenario. You know, a friend of my dad's father said, "Oh well uh, well you, you must be psychic, your son's psychic I mean my father was potently psychic uh, he really was used he? to he used to give me headaches if I was naughty. His dad was a psychic asshole he would actually oh, really? yeah he would uh, and uh, he 'd would, he would, be seven years, eight, nine years of age if I was naughty, he would project. And and I would end up with a headache, and I'd be flat out on the bed.
0: And how would he do that?
1: Um, he just did it. He just did what he did. Did his he met... tell you he was going to do? that? Oh yeah. Uh, and I mean, he, he, I've seen him. Uh, somebody he didn't like. I've seen him. I've seen him get him off a ladder. You know, he's threatened to do somebody do somebody in on a ladder. They nearly fell off. Yeah. I've seen him heal a cat. Yeah. I mean, there was a cat that was at death Story He brought that back to life.
0: Mm. His dad cares more about a mangled old cat than his son.
1: So uh, the, the theme of psychic goings-on and the themes of the paranormal... So
0: with his back, did he talk about how he, why he might have been no, so psychic himself? No,
1: he, he didn't. Uh, we know... What we, about we, mum? Uh, mum? No, mum's not been psychic, although my mother has had a UFO incident. Uh,
0: okay, so enough of this psychic dick dad. Tell us about your mother, Tony.
1: In about 1999, she right. had a UFO incident where she opened the curtain windows to see one of them hovering outside okay. the window while up right. in the air looking at her. And she said that she awoke to see somebody also looking at her in her bedroom like a tall fella.
0: Probably his twat dad trying to give her a headache. But after waffling on for a very long time about nothing in particular, Tony finally has some information for us.
1: What is is of concern, though, is is for us as a a race of people, as human beings, who are are being visited by off-world visitors, Mm. who are having interaction with intelligences that are advanced, that are not even part of our time frame, or are even from our future. Mm. Which Mm. is a very important thing uh, to know, is that we we have to realise that we are being A, dumbed down, but B, we have to realise that the forces around us that dumb us down, the ferocity of what they may do to us, cannot Mm. be underestimated.
0: We're being dumbed down and it can't be underestimated. That would explain Love Island.
1: I can guarantee you in real life with the UFO situation and the involvement of the intelligence around that, a very different story is painted Mm. that is not in the books. It's not in the UFO research books that you would see. Mm. And it talks of us going down a line of time, which is what it's about, and a signal. And all it's all about is about a line of time, from from my point of view, and signal. And that signal, as it changes into a conscious reality, Mm. Which could manifest on us.
0: Um, It might be just me, but I'm not sure I know what he's talking about. Tony acknowledges himself that he's gone a bit off-piste and we get back to his earlier life.
1: It it, it became a bit of a nightmare for me and at 16 I left school. I had a very, very difficult teenage time. When I was a teenager, very, very difficult um, growing up. And, and, And stage school was where I was set on. Now you know I, i'm i'm in a job I, I left school and i got a job my school life was atrocious i was severely bullied
0: right so Not, so you're still we're still you know, in yorkshire still at, we're still in yorkshire we're still at the <laughs> yeah. high
1: school uh, and we're still at the primary school and uh, you know it meant my there was a teacher at the selby abbey primary school that meant my life a living hell poor tony even the teachers bullied him right. um and there, then there was so it's been this horrendous pattern uh, in those years of abuse, constant abuse, it never stops, it never lets mm. up, uh, mm. where you, where I've been bullied, I've been, yeah. hur- you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's, my school life was horrendous and I set my heart, 16 years of age, I managed to get mm. a job mm. and I worked there, uh, worked okay. in this job at the local authority for a number of years, for about 12 years mm. or something, I think that was a... I hope he wasn't bullied at work too. I ended up going into severe depression, I set my heart on stage school, and I got into stage school. So you went into yes,
2: depression because you're
1: because kind of I wasn't being fulfilled, fulfilled and mm. I set my heart on acting. Mm. And so I went to the Academy of Live and Recorded Arts, which uh, uh, is churning out some good talent today, mm. which is which is absolutely fabulous. They do they churn right. out some of the best people you'll see in the TV and radio today.
0: Right. He's right. Graduates of the Academy for Live and Recorded Arts include Georgie Steele, who was on Love Island, and Miranda Hart from Call the Midwife.
1: And, and the thing is, that is I remember before going to ALRA to audition that I had my first real UFO incident.
0: Wait, didn't he say his first experience was at two years old? At the moment,
1: no UFO stuff's happening. Right. Nothing really kind of freaky is happening. My God, it will, but it's not at the moment. Yeah. And, and nothing really much is going, but there's always this sense of being watched by something that you oh, don't really? understand. And as a child, I'd stand there just looking at thin air thinking, What's that there? There's something in the air. There's something beyond that.
0: The paranoia begins and Tony talks about that for a bit until we get back to his experience after rehearsal.
1: Uh, I'm walking into the house and I look up in the air and there's this bloody thing over the roof like some out of Close Encounters or flashing lights, you know, Uh, have you you seen Close Encounters?
0: Of course she's seen Close Encounters, she's a UFO investigator
1: and i thought to and it was it was just like that a split second oh
0: really yeah mm-hmm. and I,
1: and i thought to myself what the hell is that and was i was want...
0: was it of some size or do you remember it was
1: of a, it, it was of probably the size of a little smaller than a boeing uh, you know right. uh, the probably very the si- size. it was yeah, yeah it, it, but it was there and then it was gone
0: so it's something the size of an airplane in the sky there one second and then gone uh just like um uh, an airplane
1: uh, and little would I know that years and years down the line, I'd end up being, having military helicopters fill me, the bloody things chasing mm. me, people following me, but mm. that's yet to come. Mm. So we're at 91 at the moment.
0: Yes. Oh, I can't wait to get back there, but okay, 1991. Tony tells us how he pretty much failed at stage school. It was I mean, a year. year, yeah, one year, and nothing, nothing much happened. And I lived in London for six years in total.
1: Right. And nothing much happened.
0: Can anyone imagine the amazement from Tony when he moves to London? Suddenly he has an inside toilet and plumbing. There are cars, and not everyone is a homicidal bully.
1: And I remember I was working in an office and they had moved to Cheltenham. And so I moved to a place in Orpington in Kent. Okay, yeah. And it ended up with some very strange goings on where we'd have these strange balls of light at tremendous speed coming over the house,
0: really high in the sky. Orpington is a little south of London. There are two major airports, Gatwick and London City. Whose flight paths could cross Orpington, but remember, Tony's from Yorkshire and he'd probably never seen a plane before.
1: Yeah. Uh, and these things were coming in at speed, uh, really were. And I'm thinking, what the hell's all that about? And there was yeah. this feeling of, uh, and I mean, they were following me everywhere. These bloody things, and they, they were capable of just stopping to a dead stop mm. and then zipping off again. Mm. You know, which is common, which is what what they do.
0: And and, and... okay, maybe not a plane. It, it, there was odd things going on with so the did dog. It, was there anything that started these, precipitated? Wait, don't ask him that. I want to know
1: about this dog. Not that I'm aware of. Right. Oh, but there was. You see, ah. what, you <laughs> see what they're
0: observing is history. Wow, that, that was a bit of a jump. From seeing lights in the sky to telling us it's aliens observing history. And still no more news of the dog.
1: They're observing history. They're observing our history. They're observers of history, some of them. Mm-hmm. And some of them are geneticists. Some of them are, are so these balls, hybrid integrators. Do, do, do
0: you think they were probes? Do you think this, they were...
1: These, we'll, we'll come on to that because uh, right, okay. we'd be jumping way ahead.
0: Okay. Yes, Tony. You'd never want to jump ahead, right? Uh, let's get back on track. Tony has strange dreams after seeing lights in the sky.
2: So uh, these dreams yeah. then, just going back to yes, those, So these dreams. Off- Tell, tell us again. What well, I out. mean,
1: the dreams were of were of just strange visions of craft flying everywhere, pyramid visions, oh, okay. absolutely bananas. Yeah. I didn't understand any of it. Right. Uh, I couldn't understand it at all. Did and they then,
0: bother
1: you? Um, th- they bothered the dog. The dog. Finally, I mean, the dog would go berserk. I mean, the terrier that I was looking after, little Westy, would what go. You mean ab- when
0: they went over. Oh the house?
1: hell yeah! It'd go absolutely
0: bananas. I have a Yorkshire Terrier that barks at leaves. Okay. The dog's going mad, so that's I'm, it, yes, yes. I'm
2: just going, are, are there many of these things going over here? No, there'll only be one, one or two, right. okay. and the
1: dog's going mad. And all of a sudden you hear this thing, this whatever, this... Is uh, there any
2: sound to these things?
1: No, there's no sound, no. but you'll hear them definitely go... I mean, you'll hear... You, I, I Buzzing, heard,
2: humming, nothing?
1: Nothing, no, other than... Vibration you know, feeling? No, 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 no. You. No. Bloody hell, let him talk!
0: It's hard enough to keep him on subject as it is.
1: So you've got a voice that says, "Why don't you tell that bloody dog to shut up?"
0: Poor dog. Although I think it was far more likely to come from his neighbours than a space alien.
1: <laughs> now, I was I was shocked by that, um, and I'm thinking, "All right, okay, what's you know what what's How all what's, yeah what's all that?" And the poor dog was going nuts on the landing. It'd stand on the landing when these things were coming over, and it would just bark its bloody really head off. Uh, and it would know that, that something was... A, so, I, I, a long, cut a long story short, I left London, went back to Yorkshire, little knowing of the absolute traumatic, uh, at times unethical, disgraceful, shocking, uh, unpleasant...
0: I think he's talking about that outside toilet again.
1: Insightful, uplifting, perceptive. Uh, brave, knowledgeable events that would happen. You know, all, <laughs> that, 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 yeah, it's a lot of words, isn't it? Because, <laughs> you, you know, I'd like to think that the interactions that I've had are leading somewhere for me to learn what sure. these things are about.
0: Sure. Oh, no, I got it wrong. It's still about aliens.
1: And so I returned back to Yorkshire in 96.
2: right? And so... that's when
1: all hell began to start. I'm stood outside in July 1996, and I'm stood outside the house... And um, I'm looking up in the air and all of a sudden these two balls of light just come in like this and merge as one. And then there's this orange flash, big orange flash. It woke my mother up. She said, what was that flash? Was it lightning? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then next minute I know something whizzes past me to the, uh, to you, the right. Where were you?
0: Sorry, I you was were... in my
1: garden yeah, when this right, happened. Okay. Something whizzes mm-hmm. past me to the right. Mm-hmm. And um, it said, I just heard this voice go, Hello like that, nothing more, hello.
0: Hello? Weird. Tony then goes off on another tangent and doesn't elaborate his story any more than it woke up his mum. We don't know where the dog is at this point, And then we jump three years ahead to 1999.
1: Think, things were ramping up is when I started getting phone calls and, and things were ramping up when I started getting phone calls. I mean, it was quite common for me to pick up the phone and somebody go, shut up.
0: Well, that could have been anyone like his dad or his old teacher. Tony goes on a bit about getting harassed because of his website. He'd finally started filming UFOs, and he shows a clip to the interviewer. It's alright, but it's a bit of a leap to say it's aliens who hate dogs.
1: to be Um, came over last time. Um... Concern, really, because, uh, obviously there was, uh, air in again, uh, being the, uh, the, 25th of the
0: that's not the Daleks invading from the spacecraft that's the audio from Tony's video we then get onto to Tony getting knocks on the door which turn out to be metaphorical but he's still convinced he's under surveillance. I always parallel myself with Jason Bourne. Looking at Tony, I would not parallel him with Jason Bourne. He's way more Seth Rogan. The character and the reason why is because yeah, the Bourne
1: Bourne trilogies and the reason why is because he's a man who is up against questions. uh, He's up against a situation he doesn't understand, Mm. but it's the mindset against him. Yeah. That is venomous. It's I mean, there's, that, the, the, there's the, the third Bourne film where the poor journalist gets hit in Waterloo station. Mm. And they have no scruples at all, those people mm. who
0: were who are targeting Bourne. Mm. No scruples whatsoever. So the murky intelligence agencies can carry out a hit in one of London's busiest train stations, but they can't take out Tony alone in his back garden in Yorkshire.
1: It's covert operations of mind control. Yeah. And this is what I was getting hit with. It began in 1999 and it didn't bloody stop. Mm. And, and that's what, and I, I, if you can imagine the, um, I don't know if you can imagine being awoken at three in the morning by artificially delivered
0: technology, but it's not a good thing. I can imagine. I get pissed off when I have to wake up at 3 a.m. to go for a pee.
1: We're talking some kind Microwave, of. Microwave, radio wave. Some type of deliverable radio technology that interfered with me in such a way that you'd hear sound effects, gunfire, screaming. Uh, especially at three in the morning when they'd hit pretty hard, you know, and you'd so think you'd be just, getting a
0: series of oh, different oh yeah. sounds.
1: Oh yeah, you'd be getting a series of of, of different sounds. Would you
0: be getting a narrative? Uh,
1: you you'd be getting a narrative. You'd be told not to do this, not to do that, not to do the other.
0: What you, can you tell us um, what not to do? What they were telling you not to do? Not no, I'd, I'd rather not. Right. He can't tell us what he's told not to do, just like Jason Bourne. Well,
1: they'd basically be, they'd be intercepting, they'd, they'd be causing an Inception-style kind of event in your mind that would be telling you to, for example, go and throw
0: yourself off the bridge, do us a favour. I don't remember that bit in Inception, but then again I did get very confused. Tony goes on about being stalked by sinister agencies and attempts by them to control his mind, but why?
1: But it can be boiled down to the single event that happened to me in 1999 where the UFO illuminated the television antenna, which you've obviously, I think I've sent it mm. to you and, mm. and people can have a look at that. And it went for image analysis and uh, they put it that the guy who was a former special effects director he put it under analysis. Did he work on Inception? Yeah. And he definitely said it was a UFO. It yeah. could do manoeuvres that an aircraft couldn't. Mm. It illuminated a TV
0: antenna. That's right. They still use TV antennas in Yorkshire.
2: So do you uh, of, do you think of, of happenings she, and events? yes? Do you think that you were targeted to
0: to impede your research to to, yeah. to put you off to dumb me down to dumb you down? I think it's working. I'm going to leave the Amash interview there. It goes on a lot longer. There's also another hour-long part two, which I'm not even going to touch. What does Tony do with all this? Well, he has a website which delves into all UFO-related topics. And he posts a lot of videos on there and on his YouTube channel. Videos like this. Well, hi all. So I've got this uh, brand spanking new phone uh,
2: with this nice kind of uh, camera on it because my other one broke down. Oh, look at him with a fancy new phone camera. Um, And I've not done an update uh, to YouTube for quite a while, really. So, and everybody's emailing me going, Tony, Tony, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? UFOs, where are you?
0: Have they, Tony? Have they? So, Tony might be good at using his new phone camera, but he's shit at audio. The next 15 minutes goes from one side of the headphones to the other and never on both. It's really annoying, so I've cut that bit out rather than fix his crappy recording. We pick it up when he gets the sound right. Um,
2: in the journals, you can clearly see that I am witnessing some type of environment, some type of operational theatre, Uh, that is kind of like, how can I put it, Um, uh, kind of like a bit like the movie Inception. I think he's watched Inception way too much. Or a bit like The Matrix. It's like an operational environment. It's like a a space-time continuum, really. That's That's kind of the thing that it is. And when you look at that very closely, you would understand that any aliens that are communicating... Uh, Do not do it by, let us say, SETI or anything like that. If they're going to communicate, they're going to communicate via the light barrier, via the power of thought, and via the power of the subconscious. And by some Yorkshireman who thinks he's Jason Bourne. Here a case in point a few weeks ago. uh, It was a few weeks ago as well. These uh, Nordics and their UFOs came in over these flats. I know when they're here. I haven't heard them for a while, but quiet does not mean to say that they are quiet. They can be full of surprises. Oh, I want a Nordic surprise. They started communicating with people who I know. One man who I know is a family man. They started having a brief chat with him. Then they started having a brief chat with a guy I know who's uh, quite prominent in the community. Uh, And they were commenting on what a great job he does. And then somebody else and somebody else. And what they were doing, they were communicating over non-locality and they were having a routine chat with them. They indicated that they were indeed Nordics, They indicated that they were from a base out in the ocean somewhere,
0: uh, and then they said, excuse me, we got to go. That's it. They get on house party at 3am, say, we are Nordics, and then go. The taboo is this.
2: A member of the public can routinely communicate with them, and that's taboo.
0: That's not taboo, Tony. What Simon Parks was doing with them, now that's taboo. Tony likes to talk a lot, so he rambles on for a bit, and then talks about the environmental concerns of the sexy Nordics.
2: They're here, they're watching, and they're communicating. But of course, if Mr. Elizondo and such were on CNN, they couldn't tell you any of that. Perhaps I'm filling in the in the blanks. This is interesting. This environment that I'm talking of, that's similar to the movie Inception. Does he just have one DVD? Uh you know, where they go in subconsciously and they're asleep in another environment, in another reality. Very correct. And these beings are quite advanced and they will routinely step into this environment, and step out again. It's like a communications network. And that's what my book is all about. It tells the story of how I was routinely kind of incepted on. I was routinely part of some sort of very bizarre classified project that kind of expanded on steroids into something else very
0: big. Was it the Bourne trilogy? Now we get into who is spying on Tony.
2: You see, what you don't, what people maybe don't know as well is that some of these countries, um, they have their own paranormal espionage units. From France to Germany to uh, Russia, America, China. Uh, China are, are actually way ahead in the psychic warfare. In their, They're there. <laughs> they're actually quite ahead. Has he been drinking? Listen again. They're there. <laughs> they're actually quite ahead. He's drunk. Russia are actually quite ahead as well. When I tried to make inquiries to the head of that unit, um, a guy called General Savin, and I've repeatedly tried, uh, I wanted to get information from them regarding the fact that they had communicated with E.T.
0: Uh, hello, Russian general. It's Tony in Yorkshire. What's E.T. been saying about me? Because it's, hello? Hello?
2: The extraterrestrials were not giving them any information to do with matters military. It was all to do with medical information. And the general of that unit, Alexis Savin, used female psychics, a whole team of them, because women uh, were a lot better at it. Listen, back in the day when I was, I had a like a managerial job. I had a team of girlies working with me. They were the top girls. Now he sounds drunk and creepy. Uh, I could understand it. They didn't whinge and moan like fellas. They just got on with the job. Uh, and I'm still friends with them to this day. they were super girls so you can understand why uh, Mr. Savin would use them. And the female ETs communicate uh, very actively as well uh, and they kind of like are very much like female earth women. you could you could get one of these female ETs on a TV chat show. I'd watch that and she would happily sit there and talk about her family and her planet and her children like earth women. But that's taboo.
0: Does he actually know what taboo means?
2: There's another uh, kind of arms race going on, and it's in the world of the psychic, and it's in the world of uh, psychic warfare, remote viewing and all that kind of thing. And um, countries uh, are developing these programmes on the sly. One country in particular um, came my way as I was sleeping, and what they were doing is they were trying to get a glimpse of Of these E.T. coming in into this environment, into this continuum space-time realm, a bit like the movie Inception. Can he really not think of another movie? Could they possibly see them? And what happened was, we we had this guy come in. Ah, Mr. Tony. Mr. Tony, I am remote viewer. with he said said who he belonged to. Military organisation. Country of origin. The type of country that doesn't see eye to eye with
0: America. Right now, that could be anyone.
2: Ah, Mr. Tony. My name is, and he gave this comical code word as to who he was. Mr. Tony, you have contact with extraterrestrial. We need to know all about this. I am a uh, telepath from, gave the name of the military organisation. Kemmer's no surprise, really. I'm not psychic, but I've got a pretty good idea. I would like to know about this. I would like to know about that. Uh, You have uh, this, Mr. Topping, and that, Mr. Topping. It is good to speak to you. The thing is, is, I had nothing to hide from him. But this is what I said to him, which I thought was fascinating.
0: Yes, what I have to say is fascinating. I remember
2: saying in sleep to him, um, careful, son, you're indoctrinated, you might be spiritually awakened if you come into this environment. What was I talking about? Well, as Yuri Geller has rightly pointed out... This
0: better not be about fucking
2: spoons. There is a force out there that watches, that oversees that looks, that's evolved, creates planets and universes. The Bible points to it. Other religious works may point to it as being a presence of Supreme Intelligence. So you imagine this guy is coming in and he's lit, he's amped, he's, he's like a, a nerd in a network. Like Inception? So he kind of like has a spiritual awakening. A lot of the U.S. psychics did as well. A lot of the Russian psychics did when they came into this environment. They realised that there was indeed a great presence of creation out there, guiding humanity, steering us. And as Yuri Geller rightly pointed out, you cannot go around. Cannot go around doing your own thing and abusing. It appears that the universe has a law and a recoil
0: to it. And that's where we're going to leave Tony. I did record a lot more of his videos, but they're all very much alike. And he does go on a bit. Maybe we'll revisit him in the future. As long as the government don't get him first. Episode Episode 17. 17. Tony Tony Topping. 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 The The Epilogue. Epilogue. So, what have we learnt this week? We learnt that Tony had a shitty childhood. Family, we had no money, we even had an outside toilet. We learnt that his favourite
1: movie is Inception. Inception Inception-style kind of event. Like the movie
2: Inception. That's similar to the movie Inception. Realm, a bit like the movie Inception.
0: And we learnt that just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not trying to get you.
1: The bloody thing's chasing me, people following me, but that's yet to come.
0: There are a lot of parallels between Tony Topping and Simon Parks. Both had shitty childhoods. Both say their experiences started at two years old. But thankfully, Tony isn't banging any of the aliens. His experiences seem to be at a distance where the aliens contact him from afar. The shadowy organisations seem to only contact him when he's asleep. Personally, I think all his paranoia could be over with just a little therapy and some good sleeping pills. If you enjoy this podcast, then share it with your friends and let me know. Join the Facebook group and the Instagram, and you can email me at idontknowpod at outlook.com. Special thanks to our logo creator, Raymond Roel of Project Raven Creative. See all his links in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and come back next week to find out what I don't know...
2: Waiting for you. Once you come on in, we'd like to talk.